Hey everybody, this is John with from Film Juice here with Mike. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about Soldier from 1998 starring Kurt Russell and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Ooh. I would say he was at the height of his power during this movie. I think he was like on a probably at his greatest what streak maybe too during this yeah because like he movie falls in that period right after this it was event horizon which was pretty good but i think it was good i um, haven't seen it it's good it's just like a space horror kind of slasher movie um, yeah ma- and there's a lot of practical practical sets and models and it's oh, just wow. those movies are like <laughs> the polar opposite of all i don't know how many resident evil movies he made embarrassingly um soldier soldier i hadn't seen it soldier i was what you said 95 right 98 it's 98 okay yeah so 95 was mortal kombat for oh shoot you're right yeah 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 he's on a roll um and i gotta say the oh so interesting thing about this movie too is that so they had a really good director and the writer, David Webb Peoples, he actually wrote Blade Runner. Oh, wow. And 12 Monkeys and Unforgiven. Wow, this is guy. This is guy who good writer. <laughs> he write good. <laughs> he write really good. And 12 Monkeys actually, it's funny that that movie comes up because I was thinking about that with this whole monkey box thing. It's totally a side note, but yeah, um, it's almost it's basically the same. Well, almost the same concept, right? Like this monkey virus. Well, there's a lot of, I think time sliding. I, there may be, uh, I'm looking at the trailer right now and it looks like there may be, I haven't seen the movie in such a long time though. Same here. I watched bits and pieces of it a couple of years ago. And I was very confused. So I need to like sit down and pay attention. Yeah. Maybe we'll revisit that one soon. Yeah, we probably should. Um, yeah, that movie was very, I mean, <laughs> uh, it was good looking. And Bruce Willis was in his, still in his prime, I think. He was on his way yeah. out. Yeah. That was a, that was a pretty good one. Um, but yeah, good point on that writer. So there was it? a great combination here. I think from, well, because I, I love Blade Runner. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and it's a lot, there's a lot of, and this is one of the things that I guess plagued it, you know, and in, in, in the bad, bad sense and that it was a lot of kind of just, uh, you kind of, it relied on the audience to read the, the actors and, and the scenes, you know, without any, without much dialogue. Mm-hmm. And the director and the writer, I feel like were really. I, I think I think they were kind of on that same page. And because well, with David Webb, Peoples, I think in Soldier, I think his writing brought that quietness to that movie. You know. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, I have obviously seen the script, but I would imagine the script is just a lot of descriptions and like for the first. Facial expressions and yeah, facial expressions, uh, mannerisms. Tone. A lot of it is um very. It, it's all very visual. A lot of visual metaphors. 
um because then, uh, yeah soldier does not talk what's his name todd <laughs> <laughs> yeah kurt russell plays todd the soldier who doesn't talk really yeah because he's just been programmed to be a soldier to fight um fear and, and discipline sir fear and discipline right <laughs> and so you see him actually not show very many emotions at all he just shows i mean he's supposed to but he's trained that way he was trained to yeah fear show you know put show fear no into, compassion he's supposed to yeah. he's trained in the beginning i love that whole montage the training montage of him growing up as a soldier and there's that scene where he shoots through the uh like everyone else hesitates but he just shoots through the hostage in that target oh practice. yes uh-huh which comes back later um but yeah he's ruthless as a child he's he, he's not malicious he's just dutiful he's doing what he's programmed to do his the younger not the youngest version of him but the younger version of him is played by his by kurt russell's son wyatt who is not part of the mcu along with his dad you see that how i always bring everything back to freaking marvel kurt russell's is part of the mcu he played ego in guardians too oh shoot that's right okay that's that's funny so maybe he's yeah, the he star looks, lord in some way that was amazing that uh like didn't you see that kid and be like man that looks just like a young kurt russell <laughs> i never did say that but now when you brought that up to me the other day i was like okay yeah i see it <laughs> he nailed it and that kid was a good actor he just like yeah it's just like show no expression kid it's hard for a kid not to just like start smiling or do something cutesy. That kid was a uh, was a badass. Yes. Oh, yeah. So in Soldier, right? In Soldier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. And I, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the Captain America. Uh, oh no. Uh, series, but no, you're right. In the movie, I I I thought it did look exactly like Kurt Russell as a kid, and yeah, I, I didn't realize it was his son until you told me. Um. So yeah, I think. You know, Paul W.S. Anderson, he's a very, um, uh, what's it called? Um, you know, from the movies that we've seen, he's very good at um, kind of like taking you, you know, within the journey. And and so I think it was just a great combination there, dude. Like you had someone who could visually help, you know, interpret what was written, you know, to the mm-hmm. audience and it just yeah it was it was great yeah and um i have to say like even like the beginning of the movie it looked kind of cheap and you know it was late 90s whatever but the movie progressively gets better and better set design yeah dude it was huge sets huge sets huge uh atvs you know like those armored troop mm, yes like i was like jesus those are real <laughs> yeah same here i was like wow they they wouldn't make those today yeah they would just be cgi uh-huh and uh yeah seeing the guys in like the little uh driver's seat and all the buttons and the the uh oh i liked the, the cockpit um, and the cockpit yeah the weapons and, you know, the weapons the practical explosions the um i love the uh parking meter graveyard yeah same it's, here uh, that was that was really haunting and it's like it makes you wonder what was this planet before 
and the movie never talks about it because nobody knows what a parking meter is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, it yeah, it definitely left a lot to imagination, and you actually find out too that at this point in time, I think it's, uh, I think it's around like it's honestly around like the twenty teens, like time period wise. I think right. Let's see, twenty thirty six. Okay, twenty thirty six. Um. Yeah, so the you know at this point there's this you know I guess intergalactic kind of uh um it's like an invasion force kind of like they're kind of playing with the galaxy they use planets as training grounds they disregard um you know the uh, indigenous people they they're really just focused on might and power and overbearing uh like they conquered that planet just with trash Mm -hmm. and now they're using these they were genetically enhanced soldiers so kurt russell well todd sorry todd comes from the kind of natural because they show him as an infant he was born he was yeah, Naturally natural raised. birth. Right. Um, but of course, and brainwashed and whatever. As Right, all the way up to his present age. Yeah, and uh, you get Jason Isaac, who's a great bastard in this movie. Yeah, dude, he did a great job. <laughs> I didn't want him to have an, an American accent, though. I, I love his devious British accent. Uh, okay, he's British. Yeah, he's totally British. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when he was in the, the Patriot, that was his real accent. I mean, he was probably dressed up, but... Um, uh, Jason Scott Lee Scott did a Lee. great job, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, dude. That guy was... Uh, that was like... He was like the, the other main antagonist. Yeah, well. he was like the ground antagonist. Um, yeah. He was, he was very T-1000-ish. Mm-hmm. But slightly scarier. <laughs> yeah, his build and everything, like you, just the way he kind of like, um, you see, like we see, like a couple of fights, and just the way he he carries himself, you can tell yeah. that that there's like knowledge to hurt. You know, like <laughs> he has very a lot of knowledge to just just to be able to hurt someone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just in his movements, like yeah, and he even has just an evil name, Cain, just tattooed on his face, and uh, the whole. Yeah. I love that first fight when uh, they're like, "Let's measure," you know, these guys' dicks. You know, basically, let's <laughs> better and faster and stronger, and uh, the natural guys are losing left and right, and then they do the chains right. Right, they climbed the chain. That was awesome, and impressive, just from like a like an athletic standpoint. Yeah, that was dude. all real. Jason Scott Lee just freaking he just scaled it like there was yeah. he didn't even use his legs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and then they fight on on the chains. He fights he, like four of them. Uh, three. They send one guy, and then Jason Isaacs, I think, tells Gary Busey. 
who's like the natural guy's like advocate, the general or whatever of the naturally born soldiers. Uh, I think Jason's Jason Isaacs tells him send more or something like that. Oh, that's right. He said it won't be because uh, he was just going to say it's not Todd. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that's our best, but it wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he tells him send so two cocky. more. And um, yeah, he just Kane just starts taking them all out. And that's a great fight, too. Just like the um, the logistics of it on the chains. Mm, mm. Uh, the swinging around and whipping them around as weapons. Um, the choreography, the fight choreography is really impressive in this movie. I mean, for the time period, because 97, it was 97. Nine, or yeah, 98. it was filmed 97, probably. But yeah. But uh, that was like the transition right into when Americans had like a fetish for martial arts mm-hmm. and not just like brawling. Um, we were heading into like our Jet Li phase. Jackie Chan was about to come out in uh, Rush Hour that year, mm. and uh, yeah, this was just this just felt like two guys just smacking the shit out of each other. Yeah, it was definitely you. You, you feel that sense of intensity and and danger um, in that in that fight too, especially. Right, and I I, I think I pointed this out in uh, when we talked about. Um, the gray man that the sound effects didn't sound hokey like the punches sound right like real it was it was yes <laughs> it was like they were hitting each other <laughs> or they made yes. some pretty this good sound, did sound that they did but yeah so uh todd takes out kane's eye but todd still loses which i, I don't know right. how they even confirmed he was dead he obviously he's like the the other dead guy broke his fall and they just throw him in the trash. Mm-hmm. They dispose of him. Yeah. <laughs> he was obsolete. I, I, I thought it was hilarious how Jason Isaacs is like, what the hell's wrong with you? Look at yourself. You're useless. You have no depth perception. And yet he has him drive a car later. Yeah. So you see that his eye was replaced. Jason oh, that's uh, Scott right. Lee's character. Yeah. His, his oh, eye okay. was replaced. And he was, I guess, brought back to... I guess as full 100% as he could. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was really shitty of that character. Um, uh, Jason Isaac's character, the colonel. Mm-hmm. Um, just to yeah. really just. Yeah, just scream at him like that and be like. Yeah. And so like you can tell. These guys are like. Really, because they're like genetically engineered. They're not born. They're grown. Mm hmm. So they really have absolutely no human, no humanity. And yeah. um, which makes the movie very black and white, which is fine with me. It's like movies so simplistic. Yes. So you have your bad guys, obviously. You have the bad guys also trying to take over the good guys. They take away all the natural soldiers' guns. They're like, no, now we're spearheading this military program. Meanwhile, Kurt Russell gets dumped on a trash planet. Which was, again, another impressive practical set, that big old trash pit. I loved loved it. It really gave you the sense that you were on this uh, other world place. And at first you wondered if it was the Earth 
um just yeah. after many years and war nuclear war or something the movie um, it leaves enough enough mystery to like what you know what year it is you know these are humans where are they like they're in space they're on these other planets and so my first instinct was like when i saw the parking meters and like i think there's some like junked up cars right because they like use them for to live in like they use like old planes and car parts yeah uh, (laughs) scavenger village Mm -hmm. Uh, he just kind of walks there uh let me think back he is on the planet yeah i i want to say that uh, i want to say that someone finds him because he's all right i did write this down we both took notes this time was he really so injured that he had to be in bed that long? Unless it was all adrenaline that he pulled himself out of that trash pit and then walked who knows how many miles to the little scavenger village. And then he collapses. And they keep him there like Sean Pertwee, the uh, the dad character. Mm-hmm. Does a great job. Yeah, he... he um. He he acts as the kind of as the advocate basically in the village for him for the soldier. Yeah, he's like the only one comfortable with having him there because he knows. I think maybe not in a in a like a like an inhumane way. He thinks that he's a good guy to have around because they mm. need him, you know. And there's some looming danger that whoever comes by next might not just be dropping off trash. So he's, yeah, he's, he's motivated more by um, protecting his family in the village. But uh, his wife, Connie Nielsen, who, what's her name, Rose or something? Sandra. <laughs> and Sean Pertree is Mace. So Mace and Sandra take in uh, Todd and they bring in Todd to their little family. They got a little boy. And uh, Todd develops like an instant bond with that kid and like we were saying the movie is very simple and it talks a lot just through very basic metaphors you know like the the kid is his innocence that on one hand he doesn't want to see the kid grow up soft but he doesn't want to see the kid grow up to be um a monster Mm -hmm. um and they're very protective it's their only kid and yeah it's the only kid also, he was already he almost died once already from a snake bite uh, that's, that's why i right. can't talk um and that's what the fact that todd doesn't talk and the kid doesn't talk that kind of something that they yeah they, they, they have like an understanding of each other yeah uh like the little uh caveman moment when uh is it he sees the snake and the kid, he, he's like, he grabs a snake from the kid, like from biting him. And then he throws the snake back on the ground. And he's like, hit it with a boot. Hit mm. it with a boot. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say, he's not saying that, but <laughs> he's, he's slamming a boot him. on the bed. Like, take the other boot. And go right. And uh, that paints him in a bad light with the parents. With the for a bit of, Yeah, for a minute there. <laughs> but I, that was a, a great little... moment there because... And I think that's a great scene that helps describe just what Todd is going through throughout the movie and how he's 
developing as well you know as he's looking at the kid he's uh and helping the kid he's he's finding parts of his humanity yeah and that was one where you know uh he's finding you know a little bit of what it means to to care for a child you know Mm -hmm. and that father uh kind of instinct and yeah and it's kind of a learned behavior he's learning from sandra and mace and let's face it mostly sandra Mm -hmm. because i swear to god there were two parts (laughs) where he's looking at her and the camera zoomed into her cleavage oh yeah (laughs) which is i didn't i felt like that was more innocent than anything right he because he's he's never had the opportunity to really feel that way about a female right yeah i felt like that wasn't pervy he even acknowledges because that he's he's just you know admiring her right and he's, he finds that he's attracted to her and that um you know she tries to speak with him and you could tell he's having a hard time like with his emotions that are coming about as he's as he's looking at her right yeah and then and, i think in that same scene is she planting something uh, like a plant and she's like here you plant the plant yes that's one that's, so that's where, yeah and he and she asks him i think in that scene like like what do you feel like or what do you think about you must be thinking about something or and, she, and he's like uh fear oh, right. i think that's where he answers fear and discipline yeah right he he hesitates that's some good acting in that scene where he's just like hesitating you can tell he wants to speak but it's maybe something he's never been trained to do uh, mm. like speak openly and uh yeah he also has this charming thing where he calls everyone sir so he's, right. like, and, he's like you yeah. must feel something and he's like fear and discipline sir fear and discipline and then he sits back down. <laughs> it's like you just feel kind of bad for him. Like, yeah, he's not a bad person. Yeah, um, and he and I think part of that too was like disciplining himself. What I got from that too was disciplining himself to where he doesn't, you know, he's he's holding back his feelings in some way for her, right? Out of right, out of respect. Yeah, he's, he's kind of being respectful. Yeah, her and Mace, her and, and Mace, their their relationship. If anything, he's more like. He's got a sense of envy about him, but he doesn't really know what envy is. I mean, there's a little yeah. bit of jealousy there. Yeah. Um, Mace goes, he takes Todd with his little, his party to go and what are they doing? They're trying to get some scrap, right? From like a turbine. Yeah, and uh, I believe so. A, a windstorm <laughs> kicks up, the turbine turns on and it starts sucking in one guy that's hooked to a chain. And, uh, in badass fashion, you know, there's like half a dozen people that are trying to pull this guy back in from being sucked into this turbine. And uh, suddenly the chain just starts pulling itself. It pans over and there's Kurt Russell just mm, just on his own. And the, uh, the guy, <laughs> the guy, uh, God, that actor, he's been in so many things. Um, Michael Chiklis is the guy that he saves oh uh, yes yeah <laughs> he he was in that show uh the um the real popular well, i know he was the com- shield the shield the shield he was in the shield and uh and he was also the thing that's right fantastic four yeah 
and uh yeah i recognized him i was like why is it he looks so familiar and he has hair so i don't know but uh that guy is like eternally grateful they go back to the camp he knits kurt russell a nice little scarf and he's like tells one of the ladies like can you give this to him for me and they're like no you give it to him yourself uh which is a grave mistake mm-hmm. so kurt russell's not doing it. he gets triggered by there's some festivities around there's fireworks there's people you know dancing and having fun and he sees the uh the mace sandra family cuddling and being happy and here comes michael chiklis with his damn scarf and i think he he touches well he's been shoulder or something right yeah and and so what what's triggered too is like all these scenes of war and so he's he he's almost like going back and forth uh from some moment in war like where he was where he did shoot you know, innocent people and he sees these, you know, and then he sees them dancing there. And so he gets away and, and uh, just trying to handle that. And then all these emotions he has for Sandra. And, and then, like you said, a bit of uh, like jealousy or envy that he's trying to fight. And so he's, he's, he's like training. He's like hitting, punching this gas yeah. tank and he's just like denting it. And, his hands are bleeding, and that's when Michael Chiklis approaches him with his scarf. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it was totally, yeah. That was totally so terrible. I felt so bad. Because he's like, he's literally about to throw that guy's head into, it was like a blade or something, right? So he's going to kill that's him. That's right. Saved him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he grabs him by the throat and just pins him yeah, down to this I had the machine. captions on. <laughs> I had the captions on, and... Um, Michael Chiklis' character is just saying scarf, scarf. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you think he's saying stop, but he's just saying scarf over and over again. And Kurt Russell finally snaps back and everyone's like afraid of him. Meanwhile, what's Jason Isaac's name? Meekum. Meekum and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call him Gary Busey. Uh, Meekum and Gary Busey. Church. That's, church. That was Gary Busey's name, Church. Church. Uh, <laughs> did you think, okay, let's talk about Church for a second, because I like Gary Busey. He's, Me too. He's a crazy man, but that's not always his fault. Um, <laughs> like he had, he he's had a, a bad great accident. crazy guy. He had a bad accident, and he went a little, a little nuts. But uh, I like seeing him, and um, he he does a good job, and like he always plays a good job playing a military guy. Yeah, but I felt like the character was really inconsistent because I thought he was going to put up a fight with Meekum the entire time, and they were just going to butt heads. But he becomes complacent with allowing himself to be um, to be uh, undermined and like basically his whole operation taken over by Meekum for the sake of. Right testing out the soldiers and then for the sake of you know let's use these basically they don't say it but basically let's use these civilians as target practice if Mm -hmm. anything is down there they're hostile right there's that and then uh i i feel like i'm fast forwarding through something but they exile kurt russell 
Todd. His best soldier. <laughs> yeah. And Todd lives, he decides to live not very far from the town. And that's when the snake thing happens. When uh, the snake goes after the parents uh, to Sandra and Mace. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, the kid catches it and like beats the hell out of it. And they realize, oh, Todd was teaching him something. Yeah, Todd has something to teach us. Yeah. Yeah, there we oh. go. That's what it was. And and that so, was really good too. I I um you know it was it was definitely um yeah those people were trying to it, it took them so long to see the use of a soldier. Right. You know, they were they were so blind to it. Um I think and, what they were blind to was the fact that he could be rehabilitated into, you know, at least someone who mm, isn't trying to mm-hmm. choke out a guy giving him a scarf yeah yeah exactly like they didn't see like this man can change you know this he's not a bad man he's a good man and he he doesn't maybe mean well but he doesn't mean you harm and he never deliberately killed anybody he just snapped that one time and you know it's all right so uh they mace sees his worth and he's like let me go back and get him and this is <laughs> My my qualm with this, it was literally because I, I felt like it was maybe like three minutes from when they exiled him to when Mace goes to go get Todd. Mm-hmm. And I felt like fast. they should have had some nice like contemplative scenes of Todd like among the dunes scavenging. Oh, like, oh I see. But some I, more... Um... Like landscape or uh, some more landscapes, environment paintings, um, environmental type. Yeah, even though like the sets are fine. Like I love that he was living in an old crashed plane or something. I think he was living on a plane turbine. Yeah, uh, that would have been cool. Uh, I I was gonna say, you know, it was. It made me think about it later after the movie is that it was the movie takes place in just a few areas really for the mm-hmm. most part, but they do they but they really feel they're very immersive and they don't they definitely don't get boring you know yeah they don't um, get boring although like the scenes in the village feel a little sta- sound stagey but it's whatever they accomplished all the yeah I, I thought <laughs> I mean it was still like a huge. It was still a huge set, though, even the the village. Like, there was a few areas within it that, to me, it, at least, it felt, it, it didn't feel, um, it was very simple, but it didn't feel, like, boring or. Yeah, it didn't feel. But like I see what you mean. But yeah. yeah but... I, I see what you mean, though. If it did have a few more, like, maybe showing the moons at night or, you know, him on a dune or. Yeah, or a few more shots of like ships passing them by because nobody knows they're there. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Like missed opportunities. Like they they say maybe, it at the beginning. Maybe even uh, maybe even them like finding some old records of what was on yeah. that planet and just kind of you know maybe that's that helped them find some scrap or something. They find some old books and one of them is Blade Runner. <laughs> Harrison Ford's character. Harrison Ford. 
Uh, I forget his name. I can't believe I forget his name. I, I can't remember it right now either. Uh, interesting thing in comparison to the to the lead characters. To, uh, uh, it's it's de- uh, what is it? It's it's not. It's not Derek. It's um. Oh my God! You're right there. It starts with a D. Yeah. Let's try to do it without um, looking it up. <laughs> um. Ah. Uh, the. Uh, D- uh. Okay. The. Decker. <laughs> Decker. Decker. There you go. Good job. Yes. Um. Yeah, so Decker, the comparison to Decker and Todd from Soldier, um, mm-hmm. they're actually similar characters. They're they're finding their humanity, uh, and and there's this physical um, uh, communicate. It's physically communicated in 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 uh, throughout the movies, like their inner and emotional struggle. And a lot of it comes out in anger. It comes out in force, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's I, always I, it's always inappropriate. <laughs> and there's a little bit of it. Yeah, it's it's messy, right? Right. And I, and I appreciate that about this character and and Blade Runner because that to me is realistic, you know. Like that's I'm not. You know what I mean? Like in real life, things are a little messy, you know? Right. And, uh, it's not always a smooth transition. It's not always obvious. Um, right. These. It's not like, always right. Disney yeah. Channel, uh, you know, hour and a half movie kind of eureka moment. Yeah. It's, uh, it's gradual. Right. And they each have their own trials to like overcome that gets them to that next level of compassion of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, poor, uh, let's see what happened. Okay. So what's his name? Damn it. Meekum um, decides to send in his troops and uh, clear out the refugees, villagers, whatever scavengers. Um, that's right. They run, they're, they're running back to the village, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, well, they're going back to warn them and that's uh, right. Mace gets his leg chopped off or shot off. It's blown off. It's blown <laughs> off by, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were shooting like, um, mortar rounds basically. Oh, okay. At, from those huge tank like vehicles. Yeah. Uh, which is it's sad because you know I respect that character. He seems pretty mm-hmm. um, secure in his masculinity enough to be like, this guy's really strong and useful. I right, my family too. You know, he was a very sensible person, and he was probably like the badass before Kurt Russell showed up. He's never shown to be a coward or. He's not hiding behind Kurt Russell, you know, and he's by his side whenever they're in a fight. Yeah, um, and he's almost like second in command at, in the community. Yeah, because... I mean, he had all that clout to get him to stay. Mm-hmm. So he's a respected person. And uh, yeah, it was sad when he died. Spoilers for this 20-year-old <laughs> movie. Um, 
but yeah that was a that was a good scene he had a he had a decent death yeah i gotta give it to kurt russell too in this movie how he i i honestly like so i love like movies that he's been in like tombstone is one of my favorite oh yeah uh he was good in stargate um yeah and big trouble in little china is a good one the thing the thing yes that's another good one um and yeah i think this is one of his from my impression this is one of his better acting roles i i know he doesn't say much but i think you i th- and you actually expressed this in universal soldier with van damme it's like it has the same thing it, you know the the almost the least that you have to say sometimes it's i mean that's a difficult kind of role to play um and especially since he's he's known to be a wisecracking kind of at this point in his career yeah. wisecracking kind of badass you know <laughs> um and to really and to allow himself you know to have a role where, with very little dialogue um it's almost like a rambo role as well exactly yeah they communicate everything with their eyes kurt russell has this great thing that he does with his eyes where he doesn't move the rest of his face but his eyes widen when he starts feeling (laughs) something (laughs) and i'm like okay but i get it i get what he's you know i get what he's communicating there that's a challenge for like any actor probably he shows emotion when mace dies i mean he doesn't really i mean there's yeah there's some I love him too because he you know when he's feeling something and he's because he's like he when he shows that emotion for like you know that he's really feeling it you know his character and I I, I love that how uh, that that aspect just really draws you in and immerses you know it's very immersive in in, in his story and in the movie yeah, he portrays that restraint really well that, like, I can't emote. Like, I don't know what that means. Uh-huh. And he looks, he's, looks, he's got this combination of confusion, compassion, and anger. And uh, it all just... It's really, he's got, like, five emotions in the movie, but he, you, he nails them every time. Right. <laughs> and they're so intense. Like, Yeah, he's very intense. Um, it's great. So yeah, this leads to like the absolute best part of the movie. The uh, nighttime sniping. Nighttime sniping? Yeah, when they're assaulting the village and uh, he's going around just like knocking out all 17 oh. soldiers. Which yeah, I thought was cool. The- Give me a head count. Give me a head count so I can count how many guys he's killing. Because mm-hmm. they said exactly 17. And, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like sitting there, I was like, okay, one, two, three, four, five. And uh it just gives it like a nice, like without putting a clock on it, it gives it a nice um there's a period at the end of the sentence. Mm. And you can't wait to get to the end because you want to like you know what he, he's gonna fight Kane. Yes, and that's right. That's what you want to see is round two. And uh that yeah, so uh, Sandra is there protecting the children. The other villagers are getting blown away. 
um, Kurt Russell's doing this crazy uh, SEAL Team 6 crap. Yeah. <laughs> All these stealth kills and All these under stealth the water. Kills. And, and I'm, man, the, he's like camouflaged like crazy too. That was He does. Cool he puts scene. the puts the stripes on his face mm-hmm. uh and he, he i love that scene when he goes i was like please do the thing where you go underwater or when you come up from under the water and he does he does right <laughs> <laughs> um and he kills the shit out of those guys too that's great and you don't feel bad for them that's so nice it's like killing stormtroopers <laughs> um but yeah, so he fights Kane. He kills all of the uh, extra soldiers. Of course, Meekum is freaking out. Meekum looks like he wants to cry. Yeah, he's, he's like, I like, can't believe my beautiful billion-dollar soldiers are getting wiped uh, all over the floor with. Yeah, yeah he's he's super pissed, and <laughs> he's panicking. Yeah. Is, is that when he decides, like, let's just nuke everything? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um I know Church is waiting for some of his colleagues to get back, but Meekum just is like leave them as they're leave, yeah. as they're planning the the nuclear bomb or whatever, whatever it is. And um, it's a planet killer, is what they call it's it. It's a planet killer, yeah. And I like that when Gary Busey is like, "Well, I didn't like it at the same time," because Meekum's like, "Do you have any of those planet killer?" I'm just gonna give him an accent. Do you have a planet killer on on board? And Gary Busey's like, yeah, we carry 15 of them. <laughs> Gary Busey's guys go out to set the bomb. Kurt Russell's having a badass fight, which looked painful. Like, it, it felt like a universal soldier fight. Yeah. there, I, It did, and um, man, I can't... It was intense. It was intense. There was... There was some, some classic, like, thunder and lightning and rain happening it was just like the perfect showdown mm-hmm. yes there you go and uh yeah so they they beat the crap out of each, out of each other how does he end up killing him oh oh we forgot the cool part okay remember when he takes over he hijacks the uh the tank and he's oh yeah behind kane and kane's like six uh you're coming up on my six and mm-hmm. Kurt Russell's like, yeah. He's like, you're about to hit me. Yeah. And he just like knocks him down. Mm-hmm. And that's when the fight starts. I mean, that's when uh doesn't he inject himself with like adrenaline and all kinds of crap. Uh Kane. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's he's wounded from that collision. And yeah, he, he goes ahead and pulls out the uh like you said, kind the, of stimulants. Mm-hmm. And that just like you see him, it's like a drug. He just gets right back up and ready to kill. Yeah, Todd does something interesting to stop him. And I can't remember what it was. So, yeah, that's when I think that's when he spots like the guys are already on the planet. They're planning the bomb. Yeah, they start going at it, um, you know, fist fighting. Kane comes out of the shadows. And yeah, there's some good fight choreography there. They each get a few good hits on each other, and Kane's just like completely taking out brute force. Uh, Todd and 
Um, yeah, that Todd chokehold. uses that helicopter blade, remember, to slash the helicopter Kane blade, yeah. across his and, stomach. Yeah, and at the same time, they're bringing in the planet killer. Todd sees this, so he gets everybody to, like, he tries to wrangle up all the survivors. I guess. Yes, and they, right, and they head for the, the ship. Right, and his uh, former uh, fellow soldiers salute him. They're like, yeah, we'll help you now. <laughs> we didn't like that guy anyway. Yeah, he killed our commander, and now he's dead, so now yeah. you're our commander. <laughs> so they dump Meekum. Meekum pisses himself, which is hilarious. <laughs> and uh, they dump him and his two... Uh, his two uh, little helpers on the planet with the planet killer. And the timer is going up, about to go off. And Yeah. And this is something for me because it's not very explicitly stated that they're the only people on the planet. Mm. So to save one tiny village of like, I don't know, maybe 20 people are left. And you just blew up an entire planet. Well, let's just, he's still getting used to his humanity, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it seems like there isn't anyone left, but you're right. I mean, there could have been. There um, could have been. I mean, there's <laughs> trash everywhere. There's got to be some trash people elsewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's picks up the little boy and they look out into space and, they see a galaxy. Yeah, they see another galaxy. and Oh, yeah, they're headed to um, Trinity, the Trinity moons. That's right, where they were supposed to go anyway. I guess that's uh, Jupiter. I'm not sure. But that's Jupiter supposed to be a very nice and habitable place. For yeah, humans. So, and that's it. And it very simple, very straightforward, very impressive set design and some good imagination behind the dystopian look of the the trash planet. Um, and I like the designs of the ships. I thought they were kind of interesting, like the trash ship. It's got like the three giant orbs on the bottom. I like the hinted at history of like, yeah, we crashed here and they just kept dumping trash and we can't get anybody's attention. And uh, right. they say so little about everything. It just it's like reading a really good short story. I love the cover art for the movie poster. Um, and well, I guess the the DVD one is is good, um, but I like the I think it's theatrical. But there's another one where it almost looks like a comic book cover. Uh, it shows oh. the moon in the back and another planet in the sky there, and then he's and some ships and he's on the ground with a weapon and it has soldier on the bottom left corner oh, there. Okay. Yeah. That's like an eighties cover. Yeah. That's soldier. Uh, <laughs> that is soldier. Uh, weirdly, it got like a bunch of negative reviews when it came out. And it bombed in the box office. Sadly. That's crazy. It, it was a budget of 60 million and opening weekend. It got 6 million. Yikes. 6.5 million basically and then worldwide it was it was almost 15 million 
but like not in terms of content just geez yeah and this one's come came out of warner brothers wow too well respect respect Respect. yeah um between this event horizon mortal Kombat, i would say even the first resident evil probably some of paul ws anderson's best movies interesting thing me too i would say the same um this is definitely up there in his top three to me i mean i i almost feel like this is almost his best movie honestly it might be it might be one of the best 90s action sci-fi movies it's funny he uh uh, apparently he had stated that as far as he was concerned um this this film was a side cool to blade runner interesting and it occurs in the same fictional milieu as as scott's film although it is not actually a follow-up it says reference one of the battle names tattooed on todd's arm tannhauser gate is from the speech rutger hour recites near the end of the movie. oh yeah i've seen storms in the shadow on the shoulder of orion and whatever at the tenhauser gate and something tears in the rain <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's cool uh that's that's, pretty neat. um this could yeah this could even i almost feel like this could maybe even be in the same universe as universal soldier it could be, yeah. Uh... And it's funny because if it was called Universal Soldier, like it would actually, it would make sense, you know? It makes more sense than Universal Soldier. <laughs> I, I wonder if the name didn't attract very many people because um, it's just Soldier, right? Like, yeah, you don't really know what it's about. Maybe if it was like Colonial or Colony Soldier, no, nah, I don't know. Yeah, um, or. Uh... Future soldier. Todd. Todd, Three, four, six, five. Oh, or if they put like a year, like soldier. Oh, yeah. 2037 or something. There you go. Yeah. But I I, I liked the, like I said earlier, the innocence between him and um, Sandra. Mm. Uh, I liked that there was no romantic subplot. And it was really about just him being um, emotionally barren and relearning how to be, well, not relearning, but learning how to be a human. And um, yeah, it, I like that. And Universal Soldier did something similar, um, like the PTSD. Oh, yeah, the PTSD parts as well. And yeah. Um, I liked how, yeah, it was bringing him back into society and him him fighting, you know, his way back and learning his way back and um, changing, you know, having that was his uh, finding his place, you know. So that's yeah. Soldier. That's Soldier. If you have never seen this movie, see this movie. It's totally worth it. I think it's a good um triple feature of sci-fi movies from 1998 you could do soldier the fifth element and maybe 
if you're feeling brave, you could do Lost in Space. Oh, movie yeah. remake. Those were all in 98? Roughly, I think. Between 97 and 99. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, right next to each other. Kind of it's it's a transition movie in terms of special effects. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, Starship Troopers was 97, like you said, and that one was all almost all practical. I mean, there, yeah, there's definitely CG stuff in there, but but the CG looks good. Yeah, I, like I, I it, feel like it holds up. The ships and everything, uh, the 4K version of that one, dude. Wow, like it it holds up really well. Yeah. The um and then and like, Titanic oh, too, oh, 97. Titanic, yeah. that, that one was like, a lot of CG, but. Also there was a lot practical. of practical stuff too, like the ship breaking in half was practical. Yeah. But they sprinkled in, you can see, I remember seeing the behind the scenes of it where, yeah, they broke the ship in half on set, but then they go to this shot of like, now here's what we did to add things. And they would add like little people falling off. <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, the lights flickering and, you know, these things complement each other. Um, so yeah, this was like we're going down to CGIville. You see how terrible it is. Maybe we'll come out the other side okay. And I think for the most part, and, it's fun. And the HD. Yeah. Where we gimped, they gimped themselves in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. They thought it was going to be like, I don't know why they did that, but yeah, because now those movies, I mean, you can't do too much to them because that's their max resolution. <laughs> so, like bringing yeah. them to 4K, it just it doesn't translate very well with those first HD digital movies. Like yeah, Star Wars Episode One, and it's kind of like trying to remaster a song from a CD. Yeah, exactly, or from like a, a tape. I think in a bigger movie, there would have been a whole scene of like the natural soldiers fighting the genetically engineered soldiers just through their wits. And mm-hmm. like some kind of like a defection on the ship, like a mutiny. And they go down and rescue Kurt Rowland. Like maybe that's too, too on the nose. Yeah, he'd be like, come on, soldier. You're <laughs> always like a son to me. <laughs> You're always like a son Todd. to me. I love you, Todd. <laughs> if you weren't like my son, you'd be my husband. And then, like this tear just like streams down Kurt Russell's <laughs> blank face. <laughs> His mouth is shaking like he does throughout the movie. Fear of sir. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you seek out this movie. It's on Blu-ray. I don't know what the quality is. Um, but yeah, look it up. Just watch it streaming. It's Totally worth it. Short and sweet, simple, good performances, good action. Go watch it. Thank you for listening to Film Juice. I've been Mike. I've been John. And we will see you next time. Make sure you like and subscribe and adios.